Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the In The Saddle podcast. I'm your host Chris Lader and this week I'm joined by racing pundit Liz Batchelor where we'll be previewing the main ITV races at Sandown and at York. But before we get into the races, let's see how Liz is. Liz, how are things going? Yes, good, thank you. Nearly holiday time. Off to Cornwall next week, so that'd be good. Slap bang in the middle of Royal Ascot, maybe not ideal, but I've got a television to watch so uh, and a phone, so uh, it should be good. Yeah, should be good. We will be doing our previews uh, early. They'll be out early next week, so make sure you stay tuned for them. Anyway, enough of all the intros. Let's get into the business end of things. I say we're going to look at the main races at Sandown and at York, and we're going to go to Sandown for the first race we're going to look at. It's the 140. It's the Coral beaten by length, free bet handicap. Quite a tricky looking race on paper, I thought this one, Liz, but um, who was your fancy? Yeah, so I've gone for one which hasn't run in 245 days, uh, but it is William Haggis's, um, so Hamaki. Um, so obviously you couldn't be in better hands. Um, he won really well in August. He won two races over six and seven furlongs in two class fours. Then he last came out in October where he was five to one favourite in a class two, but he came seventh, 14th. So he is a beaten favourite. He's obviously gone away for the winter. He has had a wind operation, which may be the reason for him getting beat last time. Um, but although he hasn't run for a long time, I think he could quite um, do quite well in this. Yeah, he's actually got a pedigree that suggests he'd probably get a little bit further in time. So maybe this step up in trip might help him as well. So yeah, uh, Liz likes Samaki. I quite like the chances of the site for Sylvester D'Souza and Rafe Beckett. Thought he was an interesting one. He comes from a family. Uh, Rafe Beckett knows extremely well. And he's actually um, half-brother to uh, Scope, who uh, is an exciting horse in the stay-in division for Rafe Beckett. And I say Rafe Beckett's trained um, the, the family of, of this horse uh, with quite a few of his relatives. So he, know, he knows him inside out. He's definitely bred to get uh, uh, get further. Maybe if there was a little bit of ease in the ground, it might aid his cause. But I think it'll probably be riding on the easy side of good on Saturday. We do have racing there on, on Friday. So it'll be interesting to see how the ground does ride. But I thought Vsite, he's been quite well supported. He's at 11 to 2. Uh, so, so I think it'll be interesting to see how the market reacts to him on the day. But he was the way I would uh, play. And Liz liked the chances of Hamaki. Okay, the next race we're going to look at is the 2.15 at Sandown. It's the Coral Play Racing Super Series for free uh, handicap. And again, another tight little handicap. Encouraged as your favourite at 11 to 4. We've then got Uzo at 10 to 3. The bookies look like, make it look like it's a, a two-horse race here, Liz. Um, did you like any of the market principles or you got one at a bigger price? I've got one at a bigger price. I've gone for, it's currently seven to one, I think. Um, and this race did take me a while, but I've taken an interest in Eve Johnson Holton's uh, Sheer Rocks. Um, he's only run three times, winning twice, uh, once in August over seven furlongs in a class five and once in September over the mile in a class four. And he's won those both well. But the interesting part for me was that he was thrown straight into a listed race in April over one mile two, where he led and then weakened two furlongs out and he came at eight of eight. But I just found that bit a bit interesting because this is a class two. So I just think with the ability from the two wins, because he can win, um, a run in the listed company, which is probably kind of forgiven as it was his first spin out, and the low weight, I'm just interested to see what he does in this. Yeah, he's really an interesting horse. Um, very lightly raced, 
making his handicap debut for Mark of 88. He gets that three-year-old uh, weight for age allowance as well. So he's got plenty in his favour. Bit of a strange move, though, by Eve. You would have thought maybe she could have run at Royal Ascot at this horse with it just uh, only being next week, and they might have been able to find a handicap for him. So, yeah, maybe they think he, he's a, a lively player in this, and maybe they quite fancy their chances. Uh, interesting selection there from Liz. I thought Uzo here would probably be the safe play for me. He likes it here. He's won here in the past. Thought it was a good run in his stable debut last time out when he finished second over this course and distance. He has been raised four pounds for that, but uh, I thought he was one of the more classier types in this race, and is probably going to be there or thereabouts. But um, yeah, maybe a horse like Sheer Rocks might be able to pick him up and and take advantage for for. Uh, the way he's receiving from him. So, yeah, um, that's the way I saw it. So, Shirox for Liz and Uzo for myself. We then go to the feature at Sandown. It's the 250. It's the Coral Scurry Stakes. It's a listed race. And Katura seems to be all the rage here for Adam Kirby and Clive Cox. Katura, Liz, do we think he's banker material or are you keen to take him on? Yes, banker material. I can't see past him, if I'm honest. Um, he's been running and winning in group company. He even won a group two in September at Doncaster. Um, it's his first run this season. Uh, no, his first run this season was over in, over in Chantilly, um, coming second in a group three by three quarters of a length. And his last time out is fifth at Haydock over six furlongs, um, but there was only about three lengths between first and fifth. And he went to take his chance, and he got he got boxed in. So I wonder if he would have um, he would have gone on if it was a clearer run for him. Um, but he's back down to listed, and yeah, my nap. Yeah, I think he would probably be would be one of my bankers of the weekend. He does have to give away the five pound penalty, but nothing comes close in here on ratings. Living the dream is an interesting horse. Previous course and distance with a probably lightly pace angle, but I could see Katura travelling very strongly into the race, and he was a bit unlucky that day. I thought when he finished fifth at, um, at Haydock, that that was definitely a trial for the Commonwealth Cup, where I think the, the first four definitely could potentially all reverse form with each other and yeah i just think this is going to suit katura and yeah i agree with you liz i think he's uh a bank one of the bankers of the weekend okay then so that's sand down covered we're now going to go to york the first race we're going to look at, at york is the two o'clock it's the queen mother's uh cup handicap for female amateur jockeys uh very competitive looking race here liz but um is there anything you'd like to maybe a big price for the listeners yeah, it is competitive. Um, obviously, this is for for female amateur jockeys, which is which is a good one to see. Um, so that's good. Um, I'm with one that seems to love York, and it's the mare that is Bolin Joan. Um, seems to be a good servant for Tim Easterby as well. She's raced over fifty times, and she's won quite a few times here, um, including last month where she won a class two handicap gamely over ten and a half furlongs. Um, her last run was only last week coming fifth at red car and she seems to like to get herself at the back and then comes into it at the, at the kind of like the last the furlong pole but um the course the distance the form in classes higher i think she should do quite well yeah she's definitely a, a local favorite for the easter bees i remember i was actually there that day when she won at York and there was quite a bit of money for her. I think she could actually be in foal, which is interesting. Sometimes I've heard in the past that when horses are in foal, it seems to, 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 to bring them in, in better shape, but you would have thought it might have been a negative, but Probably yeah. the hormones. Yeah, definitely could. Be. 
the 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 the, the hormones for the mares. That's what that's what gets them going. But yeah, Bolin Jones, she she does, definitely has an obvious chance on paper. The one I quite liked, a bigger a bigger price, was Dash of Spice for uh, Adrian Keatley and Aino Connor. Aino Connor's uh, known as more of a, a jumps rider and does quite well um, in the JP McManus colours quite a few times, run quite a few winners for her brother-in-law, Harry Fry. I just thought this one looked like a bit of a plot job. Um, used to be um, trained by David Ellsworth, but like I say, he's now with Adrian Keatley. He likes to train winners at York. This horse is now down to a mark of 19. If you actually go back through his form, he was rated at one point uh, in the mid-hundreds, and he's actually ran at York a couple of times in his career. And he hasn't been disgraced. I think he ran a good race a couple of years ago in the Ebor for Mark of 98. Like I say, he's now down to a Mark of 90. It looks like he had a prep run over hurdles at uh, Market Raisin uh, to get fit for this only last week. So I think he should strip fit for that. Back to the flat will definitely suit him. And yeah, I think um, I think this has been a well-hatched plan. And you're getting 12, 14 to 1 about him. I think he's got a great chance. So yeah, dash of spice for me. And Bolin Joan is for Liz. The next race we're going to look at is the 2.35. It's the JCB. Handicap again, um, quite a few in here you can make a case for, but uh, where did your pin land, Liz? So I'm I'm here for the Timmies to be double, so I'm going with Boardman um, in this one, who's on for a three-timer, um, last one at Chester over seven furlongs at the end of May, and he's won that going away, um, and he's obviously been raised for that win, but I think he's a really likeable sort, um, and he's won good in good all the way to heavy, and I think he sh- should give it another good account in this. Yeah, he's definitely been riding a crest of a wave. Maybe just given the weight away, might be as undoing, but you can certainly see why he's got a very good chance. I thought Chalet could be uh, the one to maybe take him on with for Michael Dodds and Connor Beasley. Um, Michael Dodds' team seem to be going quite well at the moment. They had a winner at Haydock tonight at Varchmoon. This horse ran a good race off the same mark uh, last time out. Uh, at York uh, when he finished third. I think if he replicates that, I think he's definitely going to be in with a chance. Didn't think there was too much pace in here, and if he does get on the front end of things, I think he's definitely a major player, and I thought he was a bit of a good price there, especially if you wanted to back him each way. So, yeah, Chalet was the way I was seeing it, and Liz likes Boardman. We then go to the feature race on York's card. It's the Sky Bet race to the Ebor Grand Cup Stakes. Um, again... Maybe not the best renewal we've ever seen in this race, but uh, who did you like in this one? Um, I've gone for without a fight here in this one. Um, spent some time in Maydan this year, and and he where he ran twice, including a very good second to Hookham, um, losing just by a head, um, and obviously Hookham winning last week's Group One Coronation Cup at Epsom. Um, last yeah, last weekend. He's come back home and he's ran third in a group three um, at Newbury in May behind Illa Rab and Scope. And this is his first time over one mile five in a while. Um, but his runs over one mile, one mile four have been encouraging enough to warrant a step up and trip. And he's been out 14 times. He's won five and placed five. Um, so it's without a fight for me. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. Um, yeah, I think that, like you say, that run at Newbury was perfectly good last time out. Some of his form in Maidan stacks up well. I thought the key to him is actually this being quite a small field. He's got a good record when it gets a bit tactical. Um, he's actually won a couple of uh, four-runner events. This is okay, six runners. But some horses don't always take to the small fields, and some of them seem to handle it better than others. And, yeah, I think if this does get a bit tactical, which it could, 
I think that would suit him and, and he was the way I was seeing it. So me and Liz are both in agreement here without a fight in the feature at York. The last race we're going to look at on the podcast this week is the 340 York. It's the Pavers Foundation Catherine Memorial Sprint Handicap. It's a heritage handicap for three-year-olds, over six furlongs. Again, plenty of runners here. Liz, uh, who made your shortlist? So I've actually made a case for at least five here, just for the record. Um, Devast, Edward Cornelius, Atomic Lady, what? Watcher and Harry Three, but I'm going to go for Clive Cox's Harry Three. He does have two in this uh, winner of in a field of ten last time out in a class two over six furlongs last month, and he's he's run on really well in that. Um, Ryan Moore's got the ride, which I think is obviously an excellent book in his 29% strike rate. Um, but as I said, I think this is wide open. I wouldn't be surprised to see a few go well here at a price, to be honest. Yeah, you definitely can make a case for a few. I actually quite liked one that you mentioned, Devast for Cam Hardy and Terry Kent. I put him up as my nap last time on the YouTube channel when he won at Leicester. He actually, I think you should be, should mark up that performance because he was actually racing on the wrong side at Leicester. You kind of want to be down the middle. He was given a, a high draw that day towards the stand side rail, which isn't necessarily the place you want to be. I thought he was uh, more than worth more than the winning margin might suggest, even though he did beat Gisborne by head, who does reoppose here. But um, I think the Vast could easily still have a few more pounds in, in hand to play. Maybe uh, for some people, Cam Hardy's a negative compared to Ray Dawson. Unfortunately, Ray Dawson, I think he's serving a ban. He was served a ban uh, about a week or so ago, but I don't think he's taken it yet. And he's not due to ride again to Monday. So, um, yeah, so that's why Cam's aboard. But, yeah, for Mark 79, I thought DeVas could still possibly... Uh, when he gets to his high point, be rated in the high eighties potentially. So, if he's if if he's uh, up to that level, seventy nine should be well within his compass range, and you're getting a nice double figure price about him. And there should be plenty of extra places on the day. So, Devast is for for me that did make Liz's shortlist just to just to know that one and her main selection in the race is Clive Cox's Harry Free. Okay, so that's it uh, for the podcast uh, races. Liz, if we had to narrow you down for a best bet, who would it be? Um, Definitely uh, Katura in the 250. Yeah, it's not, not original, is it? But for me, oh, I'm, I'm in agreement. Katura looks like... Um, he's got everything going for him and, and should be hard to beat. So that rounds off then uh, the podcast this week. Uh, please remember to rate, review and follow us wherever um, you're listening to. If you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, whatever one you listen to, make sure you subscribe. Also as well, you can follow us on the socials on Twitter and on Instagram where we're at in the Saddle Pod. Please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.